about film. Today we're continuing our look at the work of Pere Portabella um, and particularly the work of his on Mubi and we've gone back and looked at a few shorts that were made around the same time as the two films we've already talked about. So we're going to go through about five of those. The first one is called Don't Count on Your Fingers. I think it's Don't Count Your Fingers. I've seen it called both titles but yeah Don't Count Your Fingers perhaps makes more sense. I, I don't know. I liked it very much. It's it's very playful. It's very sport experimental. It's a kind of a satire uh, with poet uh, Jean Brossa of Francoist era advertisements. So the film is listed as being 1968, but that might be the release date. The legal deposit on the print is actually 1967, which is which is significant because television had just come in in Spain, yeah? So, you know, there's that moment in Britain where you talk about the coronation as the time that everybody got a TV. Mm. Well, I think in Spain it would be more like 1968, yeah, 1967, 1969, those times. So, you know, this is made uh, in 1967. Uh, it's, it's very clever. I mean, some of them I just loved. And in fact, I made a GIF of one of them, which is from uh, El Anis del Mono. It's the aniseed drink. Uh, you know, certainly at least in the Spain that I'm from, you know, there would always be uh, wine and there would always be on special occasions drinks after the meal, yeah, in the sobremesa, you know, and it was like the brandy for men and the aniseed drink for women, <laughs> right? Like, uh, <laughs> though I think okay. it might be only my family that distinguished it in those ways. And this is a takeoff of that very famous, iconic aniseed drink. You know, the film plays with, with language and with images. You know, so it's got this thing where it says something like, um, you know, obey everything, you know, because if you obey everything, then you don't have to take responsibility for anything and you don't have to think, right? So it's got that kind of data element. At the same time, it's got a kind of a Buñuelian surrealism. There's the bit where the barbershop scene where, you know, a man comes out and he's got a mustache and he rips off his moustache and then eats it, yeah? So, you know, that kind of, like, nonsensical, <laughs> surreal aspect. And then it also has, you know, that that scene at the end where uh, you have, like, these peasant women in this town, right? As if, like, you know, all these fancy middle-class, upper-middle-class consumer items are not for the majority of Spain anyway in what is supposed to be you know, a mass medium, uh, advertisements to travel and that kind of thing. And of course, it's an indication of how much the military was a facet of every Spanish person's life in those days, that there's even a satire on the draft, yeah, you know, on, on the military service. So, you know, it's a series of satires on advertisements. Some work better than others. Uh, but I like them very much. I thought I found them very funny. They use a whole array of, you know, experimental techniques. 
And actually, the one thing that I'm noticing about his work as well is that it's got a kind of a dreamlike sensuousness to the images that I like very much. So um, what, what did you make of it? As with the other films, um, there were elements of it that I didn't quite get, and I think I probably would have got more if I'd if I knew knew more of the background. But you know, it's it's very clear that he's satirising advertisements. I, mean, I guess possibly, given the immaturity of TV and spend at the time, maybe cinema adverts rather than TV uh, I adverts. Were, I guess I think perhaps. Clearly, TV adverts. Yeah. But that he's essentially, um, you know, satirising Franco and fascist Spain and, and, you know, I mean, essentially it's a series of adverts for fascism almost. I mean, that, that uh, you know, obey, you know, obey people, um, join the, join the army, all of this kind of thing. Um, so he's kind of clearly, I guess, again, making these points in a way that he can get away with by essentially he's not on the surface, not criticizing Franco, I but think he is very critical, you know, uh, but yeah. there is that tension between the pole of those consumer items, right? The travel, you know, uh, and so on. And the way that the language ironizes or undercuts those images, right? You could see, you know, where the poet really came into his own in basically yeah, creating yeah. taglines that undercut everything. Though there are, there are moments that are just like brilliantly and sheerly cinematic, like you know, so to do that whole Pepsi Cola factory sequence as a kind of a noir horror film, yeah, it's like where he's running through the factory and the cameras rushing along with him, and you know, and and it becomes like Pepsi Cola becomes a site of terror. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Uh, so I I liked it very much, and that was the longest one, really. Wasn't it also his first? Yeah, his first his first film, yeah, and and again, very very accomplished in t just in terms of the. You know, number of techniques he was using and the, the quality of the images and 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 everything and, and you know, it clearly cost you know, it looked it looked glossy and expensive it did. i mean that that's the one thing you know and this is maybe my own background right because you know when you see this film my own family would have my my grandmother didn't look too different than those peasant old ladies yeah with the handkerchiefs mm. at the end <laughs> and these advertisements are a world removed from that right you know, and I think like kind of, you know, my family was, you know, quite a typical kind of a Spanish one. So, you know, there's always this thing with Puerto Portavilla where, you know, the films speak money and privilege and culture and cultural capital and so on. You know, and, and I have a niggle about that, but it's a stupid niggle. I keep saying it's a stupid niggle because it's not his fault, <laughs> right? And he's, yeah. he's doing something kind of you know, interesting and critical and playful and intelligent and beautiful with it, right? So that probably says a lot more about me than 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 about his work. This is not someone doing a little homemade experimental film. This 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 is someone with access to very good production techniques, very very good equipment, um, a very 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 skilled crew. You know, um, how how was this? How was this done, and also kind of what, yeah, who, who funded it and why? And it's quite, it's quite an interesting um, question. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's one that I don't have an answer to, except to say he was a film producer. He was a very, very famous film producer. You know, he was part of Films Fifty Nine that produced this film. You know, he produced uh, uh, Buñuel and Saura, and you know, uh, I mean, all those 
hugely the most famous filmmakers of, of, of his time. So, yeah, he clearly had access to these means of, of production. What I find most intriguing about him... His, is it, his, he sees the means of production, is what you're saying. Well, <laughs> he's got access to them. I don't know whether he sees them or whether they were gifted by his grandfather. <laughs> um, I suspect the latter. <laughs> but to give him credit, and what I like very much about all of these shorts, including Playback, is which is the next film that we're going to be talking about from 1970, is how he is clearly interested in the arts. He is clearly in contact with all the poets and musicians and painters of his day. Yeah, he's in dialogue with them, right? And that, I think, is, is rather beautiful, you know? I mean, there's a searching yeah, and an engagement and a, a seeking, right, and a playing with. Yeah, you get the sense of a collective endeavor, yeah, that comes from meetings of minds and arts and so on, that I find rather moving, actually. What, what did you think of Playback? Um, I liked it. So this was the one where he's um, he's filming kind of a opera chorus rehearsing, but they're kind of, they're not singing, they're just kind of chanting the... The, they're chanting the names of the notes i think is what seems to be going on um so yeah it's quite it's it's a kind of one idea um uh, but done really well and, and clearly at one point you know, the film's only about five minutes long but they've been doing this for hours i think someone says at one point in the film um so so yeah it's, it's a kind of interesting document of a felt like a document of a, of a performance action kind i found of thing. it very moving because if you can imagine Spain in 1970 under a military dictatorship. And here are all these people, yeah, who are musicians, who are singers, who are part of a choir, who are getting together to do kind of something silly and playful and experimental. And yeah, and you could see from the way that they're dressed, they're kind of a bit shabby, mm. a bit poor, a bit respectable. Yeah, they're wearing coats and hats and ties and things like that. You know, but they're all there collectively trying to do something interesting in a country that's basically saying nothing interesting allowed, right? right. Yeah. Uh, mm, uh, yeah. Nothing yeah. challenging, nothing. Yeah. So, so I found it kind of very moving. Yeah. And to have it as a kind of a collective experiment. Yeah. People taking time out of their day to contribute to something like this. Yeah. For mm, yeah, yeah, something yeah. kind of moving about that. Uh, then the next one was, uh, what was the next one Acción called? which was the pianist. You know, so we've seen lots of experiments with different things. In the last one, in playback, you know, the turning over, I think it's Wagner, you know, into just, you know, the chanting of the notes and the excerpts, right? So it's kind of, it's playing with form. And this one is a conceptual one, yeah? In the sense that, you know, we first see uh, uh, the musician, who's called Santos, I think, uh, play a bit of Chopin, and then once he's done playing, uh, he's recorded himself on this very old-fashioned, <laughs> yeah, a kind of round, big tape recorder. It was probably state-of-the-art at the time. state-of-the-art at the time. <laughs> and then he hooks up his earphones, and of course you don't hear it. So all that you see is his reaction to what he's playing, which is kind of poker-faced. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't, you know, so 
you would ex you know other musicians today they'd be rolling their heads or you know rolling their shoulders <laughs> to a beat or but he's quite impassive i i thought i mean what did you think yeah he's not really giving anything away he's just, and he's sort of i guess ass assessing his own performance I, I guess thinking back on it it's a bit like the idea of the the john cage um four minutes 33 seconds where the you know the idea is the you know the, the pianist just sits there and doesn't play the piano and but the the score is actually whatever noise is being made by the audience is is the this is the idea and it's sort of a little bit like you're, you're not you know you know he's listening to something but you can't you and you have heard it but you're not you're not really seeing a reaction and there's a moment where he looks directly at the camera yeah and holds that gaze for a really long time yeah so there was like the camera recording a silence right but an image yeah the kind of like gazed back and it's kind of you know to a memory of something that we had heard before but we're no longer hearing and thus have to rely on our memory of that playing yeah to 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 jive in with him with his response so i thought it was like conceptually very very clever and interesting so the last one, which is uh, Premios Nacionales, which, yeah, which I, I actually really like this one. It's, it's um, so it, it's all filmed in, I think it's a, a National Library of Madrid, I think. Um, and it's the, he, it's a film, it's, a, you know, it's a documentary. He goes into this storage room where all the winners of the, you know, National Art Award prize for best best painting of the year are all just stored in this big room <laughs> and it's just like and the and these curators who no one speaks you know these curators or archivists or whatever they are just keep bringing more and more paintings they're just a big pile of paintings they just get it's like here's another one here's another one oh it's upside down are we going to turn it around it's just the idea that this is presumably this ideal of what certainly what in the Franco era was viewed as the best as as good painting, which is is not what we would view as necessarily not as just, good painting. Not just good and painting, but um, modern painting. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I think, you know, the award is for best painting of the year. So, you know, and I think that what is being stored there is modern art. Yeah. Uh, and of course, this is the most old fashioned art you can imagine. And in fact, as you go into the building, all you see is medieval darkness, yeah, like, you know, little passageways, you know, there's nothing clean and open-aired and like, you know, like what you expect of modern art galleries. And the subjects are pathetic as well. It struck me as a, as, as a really kind of good, subtle satire on, on Franco, yes. really, but just by filming these paintings. Firstly, because these are this is, they, they're awarding a prize for the best painting of the year. Then all they do is just chuck it into a big room with, quite, with all the other paintings that are never going to be seen again. And then they just keep showing these paintings, and 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 they just they're just in a big pile. They're not stored in any kind of order. The archivist is just standing there smoking in front of the paintings, um, and you know it, it it's just clearly worthless stuff and uh and if you say hey this is this is this is what this regime thinks good art is <laughs> or good modern and art. on top of that the style is very old-fashioned it's all representational kind of painting with the aim of providing a good likeness and also 
contemporary scenes, but you know the contemporary scenes that it also speaks of like a sadness of the Franco years. So you know it's backstage at the theater, right? And it looks kind of grotty, or it's at the circus, you know, or it's naked wood, or it's a, a nice young girl, or it's a nun, right? Or the religious scenes from like Adam and Eve or a virgin or something, right? Like, you know, the narrowness and sadness <laughs> and badness of the whole thing, you know? And what's so yeah. brilliant is he's got, he has to do nothing but show it. <laughs> it's like, he, it's almost like he's just pointed yeah. his camera and said, yeah. show me, show me all you, show me your best paintings. Yes, these are the award winners. Ahead. Isn't it sad? Yeah. But, <laughs> just, just think what I the know. rest were like. <laughs> You know, it's very, it's very simple and it's very, very powerful, right? Because, you know, he doesn't need to put himself in danger. And actually, who knows, maybe an audience of Francoists would have loved seeing those paintings again, right? But to anybody in contact with the rest of the world or current art movements of the time, this looks extraordinarily pathetic. And it's a, a, a powerful critique. So uh, an overview of the five films, any thoughts? Um, yeah, I thought they were all really, really interesting in, in contrast. They were, well, they sort of contrasted, but they were all kind of making similar points. I think about art and culture and what 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 that can say about living under that in, in those conditions. Um, they're all, you know, it was four or five films and fifty minutes in total. You know, well, well, well worth less than an hour of your time to I watch love them. them. And so. I'm really kind of loving getting to know more about uh, Pere Portavella and you know, having the opportunity of doing so uh, through movie, you know, and particularly these shorts, which are often extraordinarily difficult to find and to see, you know, like with the features, you stand a chance with the shorts. It's a real struggle to get a hold of them. Yeah. So thank you very much, movie. All right. Uh, well, uh, thank you very much for listening. We are thinking a lot about film. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.